Oh, hey there, folks. You're listening to part two of two on Service from Hell with comedian Eric Helwig. Eric has a bunch of tour dates coming up, and he is probably coming to a town near you, no matter where you're listening to this from. But go to his website, erichelwig.com, to find out show info, tour dates, etc. We do mention specific dates and cities at the end of this episode, and we mentioned them at the end of the last episode. But we're just giving him some shouts here just because you might be listening to this around the time that you get to see him. And if you're in Paris, Texas, Texas or Idaho or Japan. I don't know where the hell else he's going. Listen to the episodes at the bottom of each one and you will find out and visit erichelwig.com for more info. Thank you folks so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Okay. Or, or leave it in. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Anyway. Um, but it's a, fr- it was a for sure a front for drugs. Since we're not going to say the name of it, can you say where it was? Like what city? It was in Newport News where I went to college. Ooh, that's w- a real interesting area. I, I, w- I, you I went were- to Christopher Newport. So it was right next to my school. And yeah, I mean, just Which people- is Virginia Beach basically, right? It's like 30 minutes away from yeah. Virginia Beach. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to let the dog yeah, out real Gordon's quick. Gordon's walking around. Oh, he's got the ball. He's got the ball to play. Gordon, you go Bye, buddy. I'm sorry your dad doesn't love you. And that's why you're getting p- p- kicked out. Dad doesn't love you. Put that in his head. Eh, he heard it. Um, okay, I will. I will 100% bleep out the name. But like, so it's in Newport News. So that area is. It seems safe, and it is. I dated someone who was a Marine and was stationed out there, and like, oh, there's ooh. a lot of military ooh, dudes out there. That's a real specific area. Yeah, I've been. No, I've been robbed there. That's yeah. where. I, that's where I was teaching. Sure. Um, sure. There's. They got like. A, I think it's different now. I think it's like kind of changed a little bit, but. They've definitely got like the whole like wrong side of the tracks thing going on there. Yeah, in 2014, and, it wasn't all that different. That's a lot, that's when I was there last. No, no. Um, I look, I like the people down there, but it was the place I was working was, it was a very sketchy job. Okay, is the best way to say it. How do you know that it was a front for drugs? Because every time I would go in the back, uh, people would be doing and selling drugs. Ah, well, that'll do it. But and, but at restaurants, that happens a no, lot. No, 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 but this is not on a level, like, I've been in other restaurants where, like, people are doing coke off the, you know, expo stand or something. Like, yeah. I know what that is. This was different. This was, like, people were coming in through the back, Ooh. dealing drugs all the time. Like, what? like see, like if I had to go back into dry storage, I'd be like, Fuck. knock, wait, wait Oof. come in, there's two dudes, and I'm like, I just need to get to go boxes, please don't kill me. Like while you're shooting up meth, like would you see people shoot up kind of drugs? I never saw anybody shoot up, but I, I saw like baggies of stuff. <laughs> I'm also like not a drug. I didn't really do a lot of drugs. Yeah, like I've smoked weed, but I've never done like hardcore stuff. Yeah, so me neither. I wouldn't even know what it a baggie is. Sure, but like I know like a like a baggie and a spoon. Is, yeah, like I can figure out. If, that if that's I see somebody has a spoon heroin. and a lighter, I'm like, okay, they're not <laughs> taking <laughs> Adderall. <laughs> So like I know that like bad things were about to happen. Yeah. Um. And also like uh, I had friends that purchased. a friend a friend no purchased probably <laughs> I had friends that, a friend that got me the job. I remember I got other friends the job too because anybody could get hired there because you need to be cool. But they probably if you were vetted like if a friend recommends it's like all right well they're You're not like, going right, to call the cops. Gonna, yeah 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 that was the interview was like are you a pig <laughs> are you a pig. Are you a pig? How do you feel about a cab? Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you have to tattoo a cab on your forehead. Then you're fine. Then you're you're good. So yeah, I didn't like that job because I thought it was, uh, you know, I just felt like really sketched out being there. Well, I would have been scared. 
constantly because not, you know, it's not like the best humans in the world without a, although you gave 9-11 tours. So you know what? You were in good company. <laughs> uh, okay. So that was your least favorite. That makes total that sense. That was my least favorite. Okay. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock? Probably something at uh, my rehearsal studio job. I can't think of anything specific right now, but the guy that ran that uh, place also ran like an improv theater and uh, he had like opened up a bar. So he was just like a, a crazy entrepreneur type guy. Sure. Like a little like manic, I would say. Mm. So there would be like, I'd be like, I'm a general manager. There's like 200 people in the rehearsal space and he would just pop his head in the office and be like, we're going to the church down the street. I talked to the priest. He's going to give us a couple of the pews. And I'm like, what? And then we would like, I would just be on the back of a pickup truck with like church pews trying to make sure they didn't fall off in the middle of 128, like or 28th street and 7th Avenue. And then we like get the pews up into the rehearsal studio. I'm like, I don't, where are these going? He's like, put them, put them on the wall. See if that fits. So it's just like crazy, like, I have an idea, Eric, help me with it. That would happen all the time when I was working at that rehearsal studio. That's chaos. Where I was like, I would go in and not know what insane thing was gonna be asked of me that day. And you lasted seven years there? Yeah, well, what was nice about it, I, I probably shouldn't have stayed that long, but at the, that was at the time when I was doing improv and this guy ran an improv school. So I was like, oh, this is a good way to like get into the community a little bit. It was. It was like the seventh or eighth job I'd gotten in New York, but every job I'd had before that I'd left after like two weeks. Uh-huh. So and I and I needed money. I was I told you I ran out of my timeshare money. Sure. So I was like I I need a job. I might not be able to stay in New York. So it did help me do that. But what happened was is like as I would get, you know, they they, they never paid me a lot, but they were very friendly to the fact that like I had auditions or something uh, or like, I, I never want to, I never want to miss a creative thing. So they would be like, we're going to pay you dog shit, but we'll, you can do all you, those you can things. Do all, you'll never miss a thing. Well, and so I at mean, the that's time, something. That, at the time that was very valuable to me. So, and you were squatting in a condemned building at the time. So you didn't have rent, right? Uh, yes, that's true. So how, for, for the first year I was working there, I was squatting. How did you get connected to a, to a building where you were squatting? So I, when I moved to New York, I just found a place online that was like, wire me $200. And it was just like a legally cut up building that I guess used to be like a factory floor, but they turned it into like 32 rooms. And we were all sharing like four bathrooms and three showers. It was crazy. Oh my God. And so my room didn't even have natural light. It was in the middle of the space. So like I would, you know, like when you, have you ever slept in a room with no natural yeah. light yeah, where like you wake trippy. up and you're like, is it midnight? It, what time is, is it? Is it 2 PM? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so I did that for a couple months. I was like, this is crazy. I can't do this. I was only paying 200 bucks. The place right across the street had a sign up for an apartment rental. It's all of New York. I could go anywhere. And I'm like, I just saw a sign and was like there. <laughs> and so I just moved across the street to like this place I could not afford that was like $2,000. I just knew not, I was such an idiot. I knew nothing about rent. So I bought this, or I rented out this super nice apartment. It was like 2000 a month. I could not afford that. All my money like dried up a couple months in. And then one day I'm like in there, in this nice, beautiful apartment that I can't afford to furnish. And I see people like throwing their bags out of the building I used to live in. And it was because it gotten condemned 
the guy who owned the space had not like paid the rent for a year or whatever. So the fire marshals came in and were like kicking people out. They have like fucking guns. Holy shit. And they're like, not like pointing at people. They have guns holstered and they're like, everybody get out. I I just walked across the street and went in and people are crying. Like, where am I going to (laughs) go? And then there's one guy that lived there that I was kind of buddies with who I guess used to be a lawyer. And he was like, yo, 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 if you just move your shit back in here, I'm going to be able to fight this in court. You can probably just crash here for free for a month or two. And I went, perfect. And like, as people are leaving, I packed up some of my stuff and just moved back into the condemned building. How'd you get out of the lease at the nice place? I just, I don't remember. I think I might've gotten a co. I don't, I honestly don't remember. Okay. Um, maybe somebody else moved in. Um, or maybe I, what we call like subletted it. Maybe I think I subletted it. Oh, okay. It was a really nice apartment. Yeah. Two grand a month though. That's insane. As an artist. This is in Williamsburg. So like Williamsburg, by the way, the reason I lived in Williamsburg is because I had moved from colonial Williamsburg and I was like, Oh, it's called Williamsburg. I should know that. I'm so dumb on this. Like I'm the logic of how I lived my life is really showing through. Yeah. You're meant to be famous because you've lived and survived (laughs) a lot of situations that most people would be dead in. Anyway. So like I moved back in being like, I need to save rent for a couple months. And I think I was subletting the place and I ended up just staying for the rest of the lease, like the the, 10 months. So the, I I stayed, I squatted in a condemned building when I had a lease, right? I could look into my old place, but somebody else was staying there. And then I kept staying there. Like I stayed there for, for, I was close to a year and a half. So someone was paying the electricity and the water and the, so, all of that. Yeah. The, the, my law, my former lawyer friend yeah. who had obviously hit a rough patch in his life. And that's why he was there in the first place. Seems like it. But he had like called the, I guess the, uh, what, like the energy company or whatever. It was like, you can't turn the power off. Yeah. Cause like it, the squatters rights in New York are insane, insane because they used to just treat people so poorly. Like it goes back to like the tenement homes and, you know, people just dying in the street in New York and like when, when pit bulls used to guard children. Um, so you can fight that stuff if you know how to do it in court. They, you can just keep getting continuances and they can't kick you out and wow. you can approach the people that are keeping the heat on and everything. And be like, be you like, have to keep it heated. So what we did is like, we the compromise I guess they struck was the interior room. Sorry, good. Your phone's no on. That's exactly what you. That's, want. that's a good thing for your yep, podcast. I'm keeping that into the interior rooms in this space that, that got condemned. That's what was condemned. You can't live like that. But the spaces on the side had windows, and they were like people can stay in the windows in the window rooms, which of which there were twelve. But the interior rooms, nobody can ever go in those because it's a fire no, hazard. No one can sleep in there. Yeah, because it's a fire hazard. Yeah, you would sure. burn. Yeah. So the fire marshals would come back like once a month and check to make sure there were no beds in those rooms. But we all just used those rooms as our closets. Amazing. You would open up your little window, like eight by eight room and three feet away was the door to the interior room. This is the best situation ever. The room that I stayed in New York for the first two months or whatever that like didn't have light. That was my closet Closet. for the next once Once I moved back in. So you were able to live there for a year and a half, not paying any rent at all. Yes. So then you were just going to open mics all the time, but yes. why even work at all? I guess because you need to eat and do other. You need things to eat. Money. You need to eat, sure. and like we still were paying like the utilities and stuff. Oh, you would pay it. That's what he got us to do is say oh. like if we can pay a minimum on the amount that this other guy owed, can they, you they leave would it keep on? The, they would leave it on. Oh, okay. I now got eventually it. they did turn it off, and that's when I moved out because you're I, like I, I need I heat and I well, need electricity. Some, it was like a bunch of like hipster people there. Um, it wasn't a great crowd. Yeah. I, 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 like, I live with like 
I look like murderers in Newport News, and but I was like, the hipsters got to me. I couldn't do that. Just woke I- idiots. So I, I had to move out of there. But they were like, I remember they turned off the hot water, and it was December, and they turned off the heat. And people were like, well, just light candles. And I was like, That's, the whole fucking reason this place is condemned is because there's no way to get out. Yeah, it's if, a fire if, if, hazard. Yes, yeah. you can't light, you you want us to all light individual candles in our room. Awesome. Real smart. And so that's when I was like, this is- I gotta go. This is insane. So where'd you move next? Um, I went from Williamsburg, I moved to Harlem. Oh, and I, I lived like in Harlem, Harlem for- I was only in Williamsburg for like, yeah, like a little less than two years. And I was in Harlem for seven years. Yeah, I like Harlem a lot. Harlem was the longest I ever lived anywhere in my life. Oh, really? Oh, was, yeah, because you're a military child. Yeah. Um, I'm checking in on time. And do you need to? I have I have no. There's okay, okay great. Because um, I love that you're telling all these stories. Okay, so. Actually, now that I say that, I have to get out of here in 10 minutes. Okay, I just great. realized. <laughs> Sorry. Are you I serious? Do yeah, is that okay? How long does it usually yeah, go? Not usually this long. So you've just been telling stories. So let me let me start burning through then. You okay, have to leave through. in 10 minutes. Okay. Um, what's the, ha, have you ever told a customer to fuck off? Uh, no. Okay. Um, how many bodily fluids have been on your person whilst you were on the clock? You didn't bartend, so I don't know. Would you have, I guess, is serving? You maybe had no, people. No, Nobody not. vomited on you? None of no. them? Okay. Um, do you tip? Yes. How much? Uh, between 20 and 25%, if the service sucks, I'll do 10 or 15 and I'll say why, why okay. which is douchey. Well, but it's, if, if somebody's like, cause you know when it's the waiter is fucking up because I used to fuck up. Yeah. And so if somebody's like rude, it's only happened a couple times where I'm like, bro, I didn't leave you what I should have because, you, because you were rude to my wife, whatever. Like okay. she hates it when I do that. But I'm like, I'm gonna let you know. I, I, sometimes I feel compelled like, I, if you were straight up being disrespectful, yeah, I would do that. Okay. And so do you ever not tip at all? Like put a big fat zero? No. Really? Do you tip everybody? Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, baristas? Yes. Oh, I always tip something. Really? Even like takeout, which I'm like, am I supposed to do this? Yeah. Takeout, they appreciate it. Wait, I'd rather, have... I'd rather err on the side of tipping something always. Okay. But my like dry cleaners has started putting out a tip jar. Would you tip the dry cleaners? I think that's yeah. insane. Really? Yeah. That feels bonkers to me. Everybody tips. All right. Um, have you ever been fired from a customer service job? Yeah, I got fired from Baskin Robbins. Why? That was high school. Why didn't anybody? Because yeah, I was, I was a, I was forgetful. And you were giving away mint chocolate chip to hot chicks. I actually okay. was giving away ice cream. Yeah, that, that'll yeah. do it. Uh, okay. And last question in this section, can you describe the archetype of the worst customer you would ever interact with or an incident that you're like, Oh, this person sucked. Um, the, uh, I mean, the worst person, obviously, like in in a waiting tables thing, is somebody who's really demanding and then doesn't tip. That's yeah. obviously the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like on the tours, it's like I could handle like people kind of like heckling or thinking they were funny, mostly because I was a comic, so I knew how to like shut that shut down. Shut that down. Yeah. So, and also, I kind of as a comic, I like when people talk back. That's, Do you? Yes, it's fun. I, I I don't like doing a set where I've planned out every word and sure. I get to every word in the exact order that it's I boring. said I would. That's why I told you before. I was like, don't tell me the questions. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to know where I'm going. Like, yeah. I like to have an idea and then kind of figure it out. Be on the ride. So that part never bothered me, but it was yeah, like shitty. You know, just shitty people in people that don't respect that you're handling their food. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we're moving on to the good stuff. We hoped you save room for dessert. Ready to go? Do you still have? Ready to go. 
<laughs> now I have as much time as we need. Okay, I'm just gonna keep all of that in so that people <laughs> understand. Well, here's what you could do is mm. like, I would love, <laughs> I liked it like at the, I've, I've told like a million stories that have no end and then I'm just like, yes, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can go back. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, I do wanna know, uh, the, does it matter if the, will that mess up sound? The door? It might, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I want you to know that when you were gone, Gordon gave me his paw and so now, like, I have to take him with me. So now I own your dog. So he just, yeah, like, like, he a... was like, boop. And then it, I was like, okay, I'm giving you your paw back. And he was like, no, no. I'm, And I know it's an ownership thing. I know it means the dog owns you. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. You can have me. It's a, it's a neediness thing. Yeah, well, he's coming home with me. So say goodbye to your dog. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I am going to go backwards. So Should we let them know what, what happened here? Yeah. Tell them what happened. No, I, I oh, needed yeah. to help with the groceries. Oh, I didn't actually know that's what it was. Oh, okay. I so I was like, to... oh no, I have to finish in the next five minutes so I don't I don't get in trouble. Well, that was nice that you helped your wife with groceries. Of course. See, you just redeemed yourself. You, you, you're less I'm of a, a very n- Here's the thing. Yeah. I, was, I was just saying downstairs as I help my wife with groceries. Well done. I'm a very nice person. Yeah. I'm not an asshole. No, you're not an asshole. But I have a switch in me. <laughs> Okay. Where if I need to make money and I'm at a job, I'm like, I have to, I, this is like my life. Like yeah. I can't not sell you this timeshare. I can't not do this nine eleven tour. <laughs> like I have responsibilities. Like, well, do you think that that is like a, an entrepreneurial thing of sort of money, earning money is earning money. And then who you are in life is different. Or do you think those two are? Linked? I don't know. Like I, I, the, the thing that I feel like I do feel a little bad when I think, when I think back on my jobs, I'm like the timeshare is rough. Like the timeshare is the one where I'm like, I wish I hadn't done that just because I, I like to think that I was very honest with people. I was be like, they're going to try to sell you a timeshare when you're there. Like nothing. Oh, you would tell them. Yeah, of course. I mean, oh. they're signing up for a 90-minute tour. Okay. And for doing that, they get to stay at the timeshare, and they get to be in Kelowna Williamsburg. And, like, when I was doing the trade show thing, it was, like, they're paying $300 for, like, a seven-day trip or something. Damn. But that's because one in ten people go on that 90-minute timeshare presentation and buy a timeshare. So it yeah. pays. It works. It works. Like, it is it is an effective business model. So I knew that. So people would be like, are they going to keep me there for like three hours? I'd be like, if you ask a lot of questions, yeah. if you just shut up and set a 90s minute timer on your phone. And then you're like, I got to go. You're like, I got to go. Yeah. And just, they would let people just leave after But here's the, here's the other thing is like, I would shoot people straight. I'd be like, you know, go in there with an open mind, but like, don't buy anything you don't want to. They would be like a month later, like Eric, half your tours bought last week. Like, because I was doing that, I wasn't trying to prep them for a sale, but because I was like, I'm a charismatic person, I guess, yeah. it would make them more likely to buy because they're like, ah, I like that guy, Eric, I talked to up in Cincinnati two months ago. That's where I'm from. You didn't even know that. Oh God, I just picked it out we'll of nowhere. Look at that. But that's so fun. I mean, that yeah. is true, right? Because it's like so much of sales is you're buying the person. Yeah, it's and like it's like Tommy Boy when he's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Your, like, your father could have sold a ketchup, ketchup popsicle, popsicle to a woman, woman in, in white, white gloves. gloves. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good, it's I watched it line. on Thanksgiving. That's a great movie. It's a great sales movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It yeah. teaches you how to do it. Cause as soon as he gets authentic, he sells to every single person. As soon as he's like truck tire <laughs> and your wife, and is great. it's like, that was, that's the shift where he starts to get into his authentic yeah. self. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to go back a little bit. So then what was the last straw that got you out of waiting tables altogether where you were like, I just simply will not be doing this job anymore. 
Um, or was there one? It was. It was at the. It was at the melting pot, and it was. Um, there's this waiter there. That uh, <laughs> this is such a this is such a, a weird story, but I, I kind of like knew I wanted to do comedy. This is like I. I think I just graduated college or was about to graduate college. Is this Newport News or where? This is Newport News. Okay. Still, Newport okay. News. Um, my senior year. So I've been there for four years. Okay. And I was w- working. This is, you know, my umpteenth, you know, waiting job. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy there that was like a really good waiter. And then in his side hustle, he was a rapper. Oh, sure. And he wasn't that good of a rapper, but he was a really good waiter. <laughs> And I remember being like, I got to get out of here. Like, and not just this job. Like I got to get out of Newport news. I got to go, I got to move to New York. I was, I had just gotten back, I think from that thing with my ex where we were in New York for second city. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get back there. Like, how do I, it, it wasn't far away anymore. Now I had done it. Like I'd seen, I can be funny on stage. Like I can learn comedy. I can go to school basically for comedy. And then I went back to this place and there was this dude that like had a passion, but he was like, remember he like showed us a rap song and he was rapping about being a waiter at the melting pot. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to dip my meat in the cocoa vin. And I was like, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta go. go. I gotta go. In the same way, like almost, I've never done this before, but in the same way when I watched that improv movie and I was like, I gotta get out. Like I just like hit a wall where I'm like, nope. This is it for me. Like, like, like a football player that's taken one too many hits. You're like, you just get that last one. You're like, You're like and I... his career was over. My waiting, I remember that guy, I was at a party, was smoking some weed. He showed me his song and I was like, had to pretend to like it. And oh, as soon God. as he, I remember him leaving the room and feeling like a weight off my shoulders of having to like not be embarrassed for him oh. and being like, I have to take a job. I had to get a job that like, I almost like I can just make money and I can get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then my friend had just started working at the timeshare place. You know, we're at that point, we're like all about to graduate, you know, with our useless degrees. (laughs) So he's like, I can get you a job at this timeshare place. And I'm like, how much do you make? And he was really good at it too. So he made it like, he's making like whatever it was, probably 1200 a week, which at the time was a lot. Damn. You know? Yeah. Yeah, For a 22 year old, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Just passing shit out. So wow. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I was good at it and I got the promotion there. And I, when I got the promotion, I was like, I'll do this for a year. I had a date to move to New York that I'd set like six months out. And I was like, I will not live here Pass. by this date. And they, I remember they offered me a promotion at the timeshare place. They were like, we want you to do them everywhere. everywhere. Globally. We want you to do this like every week. Like you just be our East coast trade show guy. And I was like, nope, I'll do it for another month. And then I'm moving. Wow. So it was like, I think that's what it is, is I don't, I'm not purposeless at my job. Yeah. Like that's my chance to make money. I've worked a lot of commissiony jobs. So yeah, there's a part of my brain that just like flips, shuts off. And when I watch shows like Succession or like any type of character where they're like doing something evil, mm. but they're still seeing, they're still humans. Like when you watch it, they still have these like little flaws and idiosyncrasies that are relatable people go how could they act like that i'm like i know how they could act like that <laughs> i know what that is like i didn't do anything on that level but yeah. like i get it how, like, wh- like you you separate a part of yourself okay. to be effective at what your job is yeah and if your job is to like you know in the case of succession like for roman roy in the last episode i watched 
Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Never mind. I won't do it. <laughs> no, this will air well past okay, that episode. Okay, well, there's like an episode where he like basically puts like a fascist in the White House. Oh, okay. And it's like, but he's good. He's good at like, he's like, this is why it'll be profitable for the business. And you're like, how could you be that callous about the effects of what you're doing? But in the moment, you're just like, you get tunnel vision. You're like, I'm, I got a job. And you identify with that. It's an interesting, it's a, I'm it, not wired that way, but it's interesting because that that's wired for success. It's chilling. And <laughs> I don't like it about myself. And what I've forced myself to do is I only take jobs where I'm like, it's not a bad product because even the job I have now, I feel myself on the phone when someone starts saying no to me or that I can tell they're lying to me. I'm like, fuck you. You're going to buy this. Like you're going to buy this. I'm not getting off the phone until you're giving me your credit card. But I'm selling something that I know will help their business. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company I work for, but too late. I got to beep a hundred other things. Okay, yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm selling something that actually helps people. Sure. And I know that you can afford it. You're just being a dick, but I have to be careful. I have to like control it in myself. Otherwise I feel like I could be a person that pours shit in the water. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a fine line, right? Because it's, it's like, fi- it it's is a, fine, a skill. It's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's a quality I have. Well, because so do a lot of people that are in entertainment though. I feel like this could serve you into becoming more successful. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's, it's gross that I think like this, but it's like, I know a couple people that can flip that switch and then they are relentlessly successful because they're like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like not yeah. that they're like curb stomping puppies or anything, but they're like, there is something that switches in them and they're like, no, no, whatever I need to do. Tell me how to play the game. I'll figure it out. I'm not even, you know what it is, is like, it's weird. Like, I don't feel like I'm even that level of like, I always play the game. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I don't like, I mean, I'll just, we don't get into politics or anything, but like, I'm not like a very like leftist person, but I don't know if you've noticed out here in LA, but like, it leans a little left. Yeah. So like, what? if I was playing the game, I would be like, woke this, woke that. Yeah, like, sure. but I don't do that. That would, I know people that, absolutely do that who I'll have conversations with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, you sound like a fucking Republican. But when I look at your Instagram, it's Mm -hmm. like identical to Charlemagne the God. Mm -hmm. So there are people that play the game that way. I don't really do that, but it's like when I'm in the moment, (laughs) I almost look at sales or like sometimes customer service or even stand up as like me versus someone. Sure. Like in that moment I get competitive yeah. And I'm like, I have to win this battle that we're having. And yeah, like in the case of like timeshare, I'm like, you're selling people a fucking invisible product. Sure. Like it can, it can fuck up your life and your finances. If you buy something like that, that you really don't need. And most people don't need it. Need it's it. not a smart way to vacation. I think. I agree. So that's the thing where I, I look back and I'm like, okay, yes, I used to, you know, my, my, buddy Rob Stern, who's a comic, has the funny way of saying when we worked at the Pantages, he was like, yeah, we uh, we boiler room sales old ladies into coming to see cats. Like We're literally like <laughs> selling Broadway shows and being like, look, Rose, are you pulling my chain here? You're going to get off the pot and take a shit, whatever. Like yeah. just yeah. like hard selling people. But it's cats. It's like you're, <laughs> you're going to go to a show. A grown man's dressed like a cat's going to pretend to pee on your Will leg. You quit talking shit about. I also <laughs> love, cats. love cats. So look, the point is, is like <laughs> I've put myself. I've no I know my weakness. Sure. I know that like when I turn that switch on, I'm driven. Yeah. So I don't. I, I won't work somewhere if I think the product sucks. So did that serve you with AGT? 
America's got talent, y'all. How so? In the way that you were like, this is a competition. I can be singularly focused. Whatever these judges need to hear from me, I will give them so I win. No. Okay. Why not? Uh, because that was more of like, when I was on AGT, I did a character. I played Death, oh, that's which right. is, I did I a, um, it's like a, a one man show that I had done in New York. And I felt like, I felt almost more like that was acting. Like he, sure. like death was telling jokes that it was like death doing stand up on the show. And yeah. it was very clearly like going to bomb. Like that was the uh, point. That was the point. Okay. But I was like, I kind of viewed it like I was acting. Okay. Like I just need to stay in my character. And if I do that, whatever happens, happens. And you know, who knows, like stuff could go well, but likely this is not the, this is not the crowd. It's going to really, for this character. And also like, the character, when I do it in real life, you know, I, this for the, I, you know, I made a TV pilot with the character that I funded myself. And then I did the one man show and I'd had an Instagram page for him. He's been in a bunch of iterations. A lot of people don't laugh at it. They just stare horrified. And like, <laughs> you really like, that's one of the interesting things about doing the character is like people laugh during setups of jokes sure. because they're so uncomfortable. It's yeah. like, everybody's just mapping their own death thing yeah, yeah onto the character yeah. so it's like it's really an unpredictable way that audiences react so i knew that when i went on agt like just don't like my goal was that they wouldn't get because they can cut it to look like anything i was like just don't like be miked and go take a shit and be like i'm so scared i'm so scared and then be mean to a producer on the way out to stage and they're like we got him taking a dump he fucked up so like I knew to just be in character as yeah. soon as the makeup went on, I am him even when I'm not on stage, even oh, when I'm smart. just backstage, I was just sitting in a chair. My buddy was there and I'm being death. Yeah. Like I'm not talking, but I'm in that mentality. I'm thinking of babies and blenders and all the horrible <laughs> shit that he's seen. And like, and then by the time I got on stage, I wasn't even like the jokes need to work. I was just like, character does. I'm death. I'm death. I'm death. I'm walking out on stage. They're booing me. Great. Mankind is on, this is unfair. I'm just doing my job. Yeah. Like that's what I was thinking. And so then all the laughs I ended up getting on stage was just, it was from like more of like the improv moments. It was stuff I had not scripted nice. in my head. It was just reacting yeah. to the judges, reacting to the way people were talking to me. And then, you know, whatever, when they actually, what made air was a very, they like edited my set. So it was like, he came on stage and he bombed the whole time. Aww. In real life, I was like on stage for seven minutes and I was crushing and then going bad. And then at the very end, they they buzzed me and then the audience kind of like turned on itself and they started booing really loud. But it's what I people are like, are you mad that like they didn't leave in the parts where you did well? And I was like, no, I knew that I that's, went there knowing that I went there knowing it's like they're going to use whatever they need for the show. That's and right. they ended up putting me like commercial to commercial. That's awesome. So I was on the show for eight minutes. They like, they, we shot sketches afterwards. They gave me a whole backstory. They like animated parts of death's childhood and stuff. Holy shit. So it ended up being like this really cool career thing that I was not expecting, but it all came from like the mentality of like, I need to just stay in the character the whole time. Sure. And I think people saw me cause I was there for two days I think people saw me being death the whole time and they were like, I think the producers kind of wanted it to be a longer bit. Oh, they like, liked it. That they it would wasn't. see it and they'd be like, they'd be shooting somebody else's um, interview for AGT. They'd be like, get the death, death, walk in the background and stare at the old lady like you're about to <laughs> reap her. 
So like they kept putting me in other, they were putting me in other people's stuff oh for the two days before I went on stage. I love it. And all that made the show. It did. They used like everything we shot. It all made it in. So did that open doors for you? Yeah, a little bit. Like I, uh, there was like a month where <laughs> if I said, I'm, uh, book me on your show. I'm Eric Helwig. I was death on AGT. People were like, yeah, come do the show. And like people would show up just from saying death on AGT. Holy shit. Cause it had like a moment of being virally ish. Yeah. But then that, that went away. Yeah. But it was like, I mean, even now when I tell the story, people are like, you fucking went on AGT and got booed off. And that was your goal. And like, that yeah, was yeah. successful. And I'm and like, like, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, and it's like a whole, that was, I mean, I, I had the night it aired, I had like probably like 80 people text me like, is that, f- is that f- like friends from college being like, like, is that you? Is that fucking you, dude? That looks like you. There's like, no way that's you. I think it's hundred percent me. People watching with their kids, like that part of it was really neat. like that's artistically, neat. it felt validating, you know? Yeah. So okay. would have been cool to win, but I wasn't expecting to win. And I feel like I accomplished my goals. This wasn't the question. The question oh, was, okay. Why aren't you a psycho when you were on AGT That's and right. do whatever it takes to win? Because you knew you weren't going to win. I feel win. like creatively, I'm very like, I'm very earnest and I'm a good person. See, like, I, I feel like you need, my, to, I need to, you need to switch into some of that like sociopathy for career wise. Cause I think that'll get I, you I ahead. Don't, I, I have thought that many times. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, I know people who do that, I do too. I know some of them are very successful. Same, people. For, same with some of my some friends. Na- some names you'd have to bleep. A hundred percent. Some people who same. say the thing yep. that you say to, to get the to job. To get the job that get, yep. And you just put the words in the mouth yep. of a person that yeah. doesn't say what you believe. My yeah. God, I wish I, I wish there was a piece of me that could tap into some of that. I couldn't because I wouldn't enjoy myself, but the people that are doing it are getting, not, that's not the only way to get ahead. Uh, no, the best part about this is pretending like that's the reason why I haven't been successful. <laughs> it's not that I was squatting in condemned buildings. Nope. It's, it's nope, not it's my own, like, not going to therapy until I was 30 <laughs> or thinking that you're gay because you drink water. Like just all this stupid shit that's run through my brain <laughs> and how immature I was. It's, no, no, I just have too much character. Yeah, that's what it is. 9-11 tour guys got too much character. Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, okay. So then, um, I didn't ask this before, but have you ever been stiffed? Like not someone walk out on the bill, but like a big fat zero mm-hmm. on the tip line for you all Do the time. You, really? All the time. Oh, wait, that rainforest. rainforest. Pe- again, yeah. foreign people would come in and be like, and they be like, earn great a- service. Yeah. Thank you so much. Our trip was amazing. We'll, because we'll, of you. we'll remember you because of you. Yeah. Zero 15, 15 cents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, did you make, was, is, I think Virginia is a two thirteen an hour state. Right. And mm-hmm. I think so is D I think DC is a, well, it's a Commonwealth, but I think, or whatever the hell they call it. What is DC? I don't know. It's not a state Commonwealth, Commonwealth. but I think that's also two thirteen. I think on the East coast, it's very common for two thirteen an hour for servers. And I think out here yeah. when I was making minimum wage and getting tips, I was like, what the fuck is this? We actually get checks. It's not just tips. And they were like, yeah, you have to live. And I was like, oh, so it's it, nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's livable. Okay. Well now we're going to move on to the good stuff. Do you need to go do more groceries or okay, we're going to move on? Okay. Just give me the questions. Okay. <laughs> I hope you save room for dessert. Is. What was the, we're in the nice part. Be nice, Eric. What was the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working that you can think of? Or maybe a client or. Um, the nicest thing a client's ever done for me. Or customer. Barbara right. Corcoran tipping me $100 was pretty, pretty good. cool. It's pretty good. That was nice. You've already name dropped her once though. So you got anybody else? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I just like all the sharks came on my tour at some point. I'm like, Mark Cuban after the 9-11 tour. 
You let me shoot a three for the Mavericks in a, the fourth quarter of a blowout. Um, Good, that's answered. We're going to move on. <laughs> no, wait, no. I want to think of a real okay. nice thing somebody's done for me in one of my jobs. Because I bet it's happened. Of course. Okay, I can think of something. So I was, uh, I was working, when I was working at the Pantages, somebody, I signed somebody up. We got to, we were getting along. They were like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a comedian when I'm not. And then he was like, oh, what, what do you, can I see you? And I was like, yeah, you can check out my podcast. I just started a podcast. And then he like checked out my podcast and then he wrote me a five-star review Bless. and then he came to see a show Aww. and he's like a fan. And I now he like, he like likes my tweets and stuff. Bless him. So it's like, that's never happened before. So that was cool. That's really lovely. That's, yeah. Uh, that's the kind of shit that everybody likes. Well, uh, I've also, I'll say this too. I've also had people who I've talked to and I've said I'm a comedian and they've looked me up and then I can't get a hold of them again. Oh, so I know my comedy's not good. for everybody. Yeah. And at my new job, I don't even go by my name. Wait, why? I don't go by Eric Helwig. Yeah. Go by my full given name so that nobody can look me up. Which is Octavio Sands. So Octavio that's how, Sands. Yeah, that's how they know yeah. you now. Okay. What's the best tip you've ever gotten that you can remember was it don't tell me it was that hundred bucks because we were giving barbara a lot of airtime. oh that have, is the best tip I is that really hundred bucks yeah that's it no i got i probably got a bigger one i probably got bigger ones on the 9-11 tour oh yeah and also at the drug den that you worked at in newport news weren't well, they, people just well, slipping you money did, all no, the time no they were paying for like a three dollar pulled pork sandwich so they could buy meth in the so back they could buy meth in the back okay that makes sense but yeah probably the 9-11 tour okay fine Best time you've ever had at work. You're like, how quickly can we move off? Yep, the I'm getting, I'm going so hard like, away from it. Away. <laughs> Get away from this it. is not. This is good. the positive section. Sorry, my. We want to talk about people jumping out of windows. <laughs> the best time you've ever had at work, and it can't be on stage or anything like that. But a time that you look back and you're like, ah, customer service isn't the worst. I just, I, I had a great time in this job I'm working at right now. We had this training. Are you doing this because you have to? Are you saying this no, no, no? This to? is true. Okay. This is true. So I uh, work at this job right now where it's really hard and we have to learn a lot of stuff and there's a chance to make money. And I, I did really well in the training, but everybody was very supportive and I felt like uh, everybody was trying to help each other Aww. in a nice way. And I really, and I, and they just, that part just ended. And now we're, I'm like, I'm past training. And I just feel like uh, now, they, now they're like, just make money. And I'm like, where are all my friends from training? But I, I think about, and it was all remote. So this oh, just started two months ago. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I'd say like hanging out in the Zooms yeah. with my, tr with the training class I had was probably the most fun I've had at work because we're all so, there was so much like stress sure. in the job that by the time we could like put it away for 15 minutes and just joke around, people we had like some of the biggest laughs I remember having at sure. a job. It's relief. It's like you, the, yeah. the room was relieved. And everybody was cool. So uh, yeah, I'd say that was probably, it's very recent, but I've had a really good time at this job. That's great. Yeah. And what's the best lesson that you have personally learned from working in customer service? Um, what I, I mean, we talked about it, but I've learned a lot about myself and like my positive traits and my negative traits. And I think that that's um, important to know if you want to have like a successful relationship is to be like, I am fiercely competitive. And like, I, if I don't keep that under control or channel it into the right places, like it can be corrosive to relationships and it has been in when Absolutely. I was younger. Yeah, sure. So 
I'd say that's that's the most important thing is like you learn about yourself if you're paying attention. So mm-hmm. have you learned anything about the world through customer service? I mean, you know, like I, it, if you get me on like a good day, I'm like, we're all one in the universe. <laughs> we are the world. I don't have the rights. And then like. And then if I stub my toe, I'm like, these fucking, we're just meat with holes, <laughs> just sheep, these fucking sheep. Like I hate people. I get so it. I don't, I, you got me in a moment now where I'm like, ah, the podcast is coming to an end. People are generally good people. Right. Everybody's you know? having a good Everyone's time. Everyone's having a good time. We're all just on our own journey. You know, I, I think a ghost could be real and that could be very different in five minutes. Okay, good. So we're going to wrap up quickly. Well, last question. What's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Um, just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Answer. I did not come into existence the second you picked up your phone. Mm. I, I, I'm not like a putty from the Power Rangers <laughs> that like Lord Rita made that just goes, buy this thing. Like I have a family, I've got a dog, I've got dreams. Yeah. Like, so if you tell me to fuck off, well, I'm kind of used to people telling me to fuck off. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's still, I feel something. Sure. So like, do you ever, do you ever watch the 40 year old virgin? I have seen it. You remember yeah. there's a scene where, uh, Catherine Keener gets a call her. from a, uh, from a telemarketer and she's like, are you a telemarketer, James? Fuck off, jump off a bridge, why don't you? And it's like this whole thing that like making, just she's terrible to this guy on the phone. That bothers me. Yeah. I'm like, I think Judd Apatow deserves to be canceled for that. How dare he? How dare he? Cause it's like, (laughs) this is where I burn bridges. But no, it's, uh, I don't really care. But I do think there's like a a level to that that's annoying. So it's like, just, you can say no. Yeah. It's okay to say no. Yeah. But like, let's just speak honestly. Yeah. You know, like if you're not interested, just say that. Don't tell me maybe. Yeah. Oh, do you hate that? Is that the worst? It's the whole, for sales? Yeah. It's That's the, the whole worst. thing is like, just say just no. Just fucking tell me no. Really? My, but my, you won't double down if I tell you no? Because that's why we don't say no. Because we're scared. What I'll say is if somebody tells me no, I'll be like, my line now is I'll go, perfect. And just to make sure that somebody else from my company doesn't call you back in six months asking the same questions, can you let me know why the answer is no so I can make sure I mark this down for you? Wow. And then they tell me, and then I'm like, I'll object pitch. response, baby. <laughs> Give me that credit card. Have you ever made a sale after they've said no because they gave you the reasons oh, why? I only make sales after they say no. <laughs> Are you serious? You have to like, I want to say this too. If you're a good salesman, you have to really make sure you don't use those sales while you're dating because no means no outside of sales. I want to say that. Okay. Is everybody listening? No means no outside of sales. Got it. In sales, no means go fuck yourself. You have to say no at least four more times. Really? Yes. This is why people say maybe. So you leave us alone, but go ahead. Go ahead. But this is, but here's the thing. What is true is that I do keep the notes. This, I, why am I lying? This isn't true. If somebody <laughs> says no five times, I just go, okay, fine. I close it. And somebody could call them back a week later. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So the truth is, is like, are you actually, why am I doing this on this podcast? The truth is, is like, does this actually make sense for what your business is? Like mm. that's the, tell me the real objections because sometimes it really doesn't make sense for someone to buy something. Okay. And other times it really does. Like there's sometimes I'm like, 
my company makes websites for, uh, let's say a general contractor sure. in Omaha. Sure. And I talked to these guys and they're like, yeah, man, haven't had a website for 12 years. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I got my, my pipelines built up eight months. Can't even take work on right now. Turning people away. I'm like, okay. And then, then the next breath they go $200. I can't afford that. I'm like, well, which one well, which of these is things it? is true? Yeah. You're clearly full of shit. Yeah. And the fact that you don't have a website and it's 2021 and I'm literally looking at the general contractors in Omaha right now, I can see your competition and I can even go into their little profile. I can see how many leads they've gotten in the Ooh. last couple months. So I fucking know you you're this. getting your ass kicked. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the numbers. It's not even hypothetical. Wow. So that's the, that's like the point where I'm like, when someone tells me, no, I'm like, you're lying. They're not lying. They're just being stubborn dickheads. Uh, and they're, and they're, a lot of these guys are like very set in their ways. Sure. And they're like, uh, I don't need a website. I do everything pen and paper. And I'm like, bro, uh -huh. it's 2021. We'll build you a website. It's like 40 bucks. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I pay someone, I could pay someone to do my own website. I used to, but until I learned how to do it myself, I was paying someone to fucking host a website for me. Sure. So like, that's the part where I'm like, it's good to be selling a product that's actually good. Because when you, in timeshare, when someone says no, and I would press through that, they would buy it and I'd be like, or they'd Ick. go on the tour, I'd be like, ick. Yeah. They might, maybe they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But with this, I've never sold it to someone and been like, got them. I go like, good. That's gonna, they're gonna make money. Yeah, they're gonna, it helps Their them. business is gonna be better. If like, if a guy's telling me like, it's a family business, man, I'm passing this along to my son. I'm like, well, then you're gonna need a fucking website. Cause sure. it's, it's not gonna, you're not gonna be around in 10 years with no website. That's right. So that's, right. that's how I sleep at night with the so, current gig. Okay. So that's, so a piece of advice you would give to people that interact with customer service workers is like, just a no, be firm in your no. If it is a no, let it be a no. And if you have a good reason for it to be a no, which can be, I just, is, is, a, is it okay to be like, no, I just don't want it. Here's the best. Here's my real advice is give me your credit card. Okay. How can people get in touch with you, Eric? Just give the socials. Okay. Me your we're credit card. Yeah, we're wrapping up. Uh, okay. So how can people get in touch with you? Good old, the socials, your website, like how, what, what, I can't uh, believe you got the URL with your actual name. I'm you, so jealous. Oh, erichelwig.com. Yeah. It's cause yeah. it's spelled weird. I guess so. Um, you go to erichelwig.com. Uh, my podcast is there. All my socials is the same. Say um, the name of the podcast again. So the podcast is called Bringing the Backups. H did you say what it was? Yeah, I did up top, but I wanted you to say it again. Okay. And yeah. I don't, do you have like sports fans that listen to this, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your last guy was a football player. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have sports I fans. I like you were like, he's world famous from playing tight end for the Long Island right, Horned dick. Sharks. I'm like, right, what the dick. fuck is that? <laughs> Such you an made asshole. it sound like he was in the NFL. He nope. <laughs> clearly never played it down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just terrible. He's, yeah. Anyway, uh, good I'm for him. I'll make sure to have him on my podcast <laughs> at some point. <laughs> no, uh, so my podcast is about uh, every episode. I focus on a backup quarterback from the mid '90s, and it's really more of like a comedy show. But we there's a lot of like nostalgia. Um, we have uh, we bring on comics to talk, so it's like uh, I've gotten a couple backup quarterbacks to actually come on the show. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, that's like it has doesn't happen a lot. They don't respect what I'm doing, <laughs> and also it's like. Athletes are very type A people, yeah, so they, they don't are. have they don't have a sense of humor accurate about, about what they do about get or well specifically about a podcast about how much they sucked <laughs> at what they tried to do. 
a podcast that's like playing with the fact that they threw three passes in the NFL and didn't complete any of them. So when I when I write these guys on Twitter, I'm like, hey man, you want to come on my show? It's about quarterbacks, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, here's an episode, and then I hear nothing. Crickets. Yeah. And it's funny. One of the guys I interviewed is uh, his name's Jabron Hamden. He's a, he threw two passes in the NFL and completed one of them for eight yards. You know what? So That's awesome. One for two for eight yards are his career him. stats. And he's like a very artistic dude. And I had him on the show and he's like, look, man, I'm on this show because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and because I make art now. And I, I, I love that so much. But the reason none of these quarterbacks are really coming on your show is because these are these guys like don't think it's funny. They don't think of, they don't think of themselves as backup quarterbacks. If your show was called "Bring in the Starting Quarterbacks Who Were Unfairly Made to Be Backups <laughs> by Circumstances Outside of Their Control," everyone yes. every one of these motherfuckers would be on your show the next week. I love it. So, because I've literally anybody that's on that I've talked about on my show, I've reached out to to do the show. And it's a no. two guys have said yes. Yeah, sure, sure. So I yeah, with it. that said, it's a really fun show. Um, yeah, erichelwig.com if you want to uh, support it or bring in the backups on any type of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, social media. And for our stuff. regional listeners, where can they, are you doing stand-up around LA or are you touring? I mean, I guess with your I job. I do have some tour dates, actually. You do? Yeah. Where are you going to be? So I'm going to- Now, this will air in 2022, so- Do you know when? Uh, you tell me. I mean, do you have tour dates that'll be in January? I do. I'm going to be in uh, San Francisco for San Francisco Sketch Fest on January 7th. Good for you for getting into that. That's a big fest. That's a yeah. big fest. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be in Idaho on uh, January 22nd. Okay. I'm doing the Moscow Comedy Night, which is at some hotel. Okay. But if you're in Idaho, I imagine that's the only thing happening that night. So Easy. Don't talk shit about the place you're about to go. Hear that, Idaho? Just the only (laughs) thing happening within a 200-mile radius. I'll be there (laughs) on January 22nd, 6 o'clock and an 8 o'clock show. Okay. Then I'm going to be in Paris, Texas for the Tower City Comedy Festival. That's January 27th through the 29th. Okay. And then I'll be in Hawaii in February for the Aloha Comedy Festival. That's uh, February 24th through the 27th. Okay. So San Fran. Okay. Idaho, okay. Texas, and Hawaii all coming up at the beginning of 2022. Okay, well then this will just be the first episode back from from holiday break. We'll just make you up top in January so you can That'd get some great. promo. Yeah, because uh, we do have listeners in Hawaii, oddly. And not oddly, nope, don't say that, Kate. Edit that out. We have listeners in Hawaii. Leave it in. Yay. No. Okay, okay, let's have an intervention for you. No okay. more editing out the mistakes. People know, like I the do. mistakes. I do. Yeah, I they know, like I keep the mistakes. I keep getting told it's this. It's gritty. Yeah, but what about this thing that... That people do. Leave it in. It's so irritating though. You, you, look, I told you, I'm, I'm going to give you the advice I gave you before we started. If you leave it in, when you're listening back to it, you'll go, mm, Don't I do smack my lips four times. You'll The next podcast, you'll do it three times. But what, and then about, two times. what about the guests though? I'm doing it more for the guests because I'm perfect. I don't Fuck the guests. Okay. You, okay. you think of all the work that you're doing. So much work. To give me. Uh, right now I get to be in front of your audience. That's right. Like you're doing so much for me already. If I can't stop myself from smacking my fucking lips, that's on me. That okay. shouldn't be extra work for you well, when you've you. already given me a platform and you've shared your hard work and now I get to enjoy the spoils of that. You're giving them too much Thanks by giving that. them your time. Okay. So don't just fucking air it. I mean, obviously cut the part out where I did my, put the groceries away. Oh no, that's staying in. That's horrifyingly hundred percent staying in. No, I get it. I appreciate that. That's a good I mean reminder. It, but like yeah. you have to like, your time is valuable. That's right. And you know, yeah, if I they, t- if they suck on Mike, they suck on Mike. 
Yeah, it's true. That's true. Fuck them. Fuck you. That's right. <laughs> Who cares about yeah, my guests? Well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here directly at Service from Hell, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks for being on, Eric. Appreciate you so much this was really fun this was really fun yeah thanks for having you. me yeah this was great well folks find eric eric helwig all the all the stuff's gonna be in the show notes you guys are you folks are used to doing this and thank you all so much for listening good night do you correct you guys to you folks to keep to it gender yeah, gender nooch. Yeah. I used to say like, hey guys, it's a blah blah blah. And now I'm doing the folks thing because but I will say, listen, I totally honor that the people that identify truly as non-binary, but I can tell you this much, when acting work started having a whole lot more postings for non-binary, all of a sudden so many people in the acting world had <laughs> they them and their pronouns for all the socials. And I was like, I believe no. probably fifty percent of you. You know, a horrifying development in my development in my life has been becoming slowly more conservative as I get older. Oh no. And I'm like, please, like, I feel like I'm getting like pushed towards the edge of the cliff and I'm like, please stop, please. I don't want to go any further. But every time I agree a little bit more with what my dad says, I literally am like, I have to like, I have to get off Twitter. Like it's Twitter. It's Twitter. It's people's Insta stories. They're driving me insane. They are. It's so the woke police are getting, I, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm also like, (laughs) with the gender neutral stuff I'm the worst like my wife would be like oh, this person in our life they now go by they them I'm like okay I'll try to remember that and then as soon as I see him I'm like bro bro like I just like dude, default guy. to like I call my wife bro I know I call like, everybody dude everybody's bro same everybody's dude everybody's bro I know but even that listen if we're being really specific to say guys bro dude like those things have a power behind them and they're all they're all masculine why doesn't it why isn't it powerful to call somebody a pussy I'm saying uh, you just solidified my vote for Trump. Thank you so much. I was I was so yeah. close to getting you going to get one more Democratic vote out of me. And then you said that. So it's on you. I was going to sit the election out. You see me hammering oh, in Trump God. signs in fucking <laughs> the middle of the country now. I'll be like, I was ending a podcast and she said I can't call people pussies anymore. And that was it. Send me right over that cliff. There you went. You went over the cliff. There You're it welcome. was. Build You're a welcome. wall. All right. Thanks for having me. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>